We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Oh, hello, and happy Thanksgiving. Glad to have you here today. It's Ivy Nation Sports Talks. Notre Dame Football Midweek Mailbag. He's Jesse Styers. I'm Sean Styers. For the first time, we're doing this. Oh, the gun show. The gun show coming out. I see. <laughs> I just changed shirts. For the first time, we are doing this in uh, different parts of the same house. Jesse is back for Thanksgiving. And we are ready to roll tonight. I see we've got a lot of regulars in the house for the show tonight. Glad to have everybody here as more people continue to log in. And uh, you can hear the sounds of the kitchen in the background where Jesse <laughs> sits as my wife gets, uh, gets the Thanksgiving feast prepared the night before. How are you today, Jesse? Easy day of work. Just been hanging out. You know, I was going to ask you something. This is a topic that just came up okay. amongst my friends group. Do you think that drinksgiving, or as other people might call it, Blackout Wednesday is a real thing or just an excuse for alcoholics to get drunk? Well, what do you mean by a real thing? I mean, it's a real thing if people do it. I mean, it can it can be those are kind of one and the same what you just described there. They are. It's a real thing. And it's just an excuse for alcoholics. To get drunk. I mean, I guess we should just go ahead. I saw this question pop in here earlier. If I can find it now, DK wants to know what time Jesse gets home tonight after the biggest bar night of the year. <laughs> Does he return? And this is, you know, like this is people college age and still in their 20s go back to their hometown for Thanksgiving. And this night, Basically, Thanksgiving Eve is the biggest bar night. It's a thing, I think. Yeah, but like right? who wants to roll into Thanksgiving drunk or hungover with their family? Like, I, I don't know. That just doesn't sound like the most enjoyable time. But like I had, I, I, guess... I don't think most people care. They just lay in bed and they wait until their mom or grandma wakes them up. And, you know, hey, it's uh, it's time to eat. Let's go. Let's get this. Let's get this on. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I guess, long story short, it's just not – and like you were saying, I, I was reading stuff today that like bartenders say that it rivals St. Patrick's Day, New Year's Eve, like all of the big drinking holidays. And I, can see that. I guess I just never realized how seriously people take it. And my, I guess because I texted my friends 
were in a big group chat and they were like, it's blackout Wednesday. Who's getting blackout tonight? I was like, that seems very aggressive. And then they were like, it's a national holiday. And I was like, it is not a national holiday. It's well, a- it's not a national holiday, but it's definitely a thing. <laughs> those are those are two separate issues. Uh, USMA 87 says it's a real thing for stymie. Whew, yes. <laughs> I mean, it's. I'm I'm way out of that demographic. It's been a long time since I ever had to think about that. But I, yeah, I was I thinking about it. I was like, who? The thing is, is like I have two really good friends from high school. One lives in Arizona, and one has a, a second baby due in like two months. So like, none of those people do me any good when I'm here. And I'm not just going to go out by myself and randomly run into all the people in high school that I didn't enjoy. So like, I don't I don't know. Maybe I'll, I'll crack a couple cold ones tonight and watch some NBA basketball by myself. Not a bad idea. You know, play it safe. You don't have to worry about Ubering or And that's whatever. the other thing is you know there's got to be police everywhere. This is like one of their biggest days of the year, too. You would think so. Yeah. Um, Want to make sure everyone remembers that <laughs> Notre Dame Stanford is on the Pac-12 network. Saturday night, and I saw some stuff on our boards today. Apparently, people have tried to find the game who got Fubo TV because Pac-12 Network is not offered by many outlets, especially if you're outside of California or outside of the Pac-12 footprint. So Fubo TV is the place to find it. I actually, when I was in Washington, D.C. last weekend, I used the Fubo TV account to watch the Notre Dame Wake Forest game while we were on the bus going from the arena to the plane and then on the plane for a little bit as we were waiting to take off. Now there is a little um, kind of asterisk next to this because apparently you need to not only have Fubo TV, but there is like the, I think it's called Fubo Elite. You have to pay. Yeah. That's what DK, this is what I was getting to. You have to pay the upgrade. It's like the elite package, apparently, yet to get Pac-2, <laughs> to get the Pac-12 <laughs> right now. Uh, but very soon, Pac-2. You have to get the elite package, apparently, which is like an extra eight bucks or something like that to get the... Listen, I'll do everyone a solid. I'll find the illegal stream. I'll post it on the boards. Oh, Tread lightly whether or not you want to use that. Will I be not. able to download that and put it on my TV, though? <laughs> That's no, you'll probably be stuck to a computer and then I, you'll need an HDMI to connect your computer into your TV. I can do all those things. I yeah, know how to do all works. those things. Yeah, but you're not going to be here Saturday. You're leaving Saturday. <laughs> I'm just saying I'm, I'm for the IB people who don't want to pay for FUBU Super Duper Plus Extreme. FUBO. 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 Well, exactly. I'll, I'll find Is it Fubo? Now you an got illegal stream and I'll post it on the boards. And if you want to use it, you can use it. Okay. <laughs> DK Jesse that's illegal I'm shocked <laughs> so yeah um okay so USMA 87 says earlier chat was saying you can go through an app in prime video to get pack 12 well I'll try that as well we do have prime so Ooh, I do have prime as well I'll give it a shot I'll see I I didn't realize that that was a potential offering thanks for that if you have prime Check it out. Do it right now, as a matter of fact. Ooh. While you're watching us. Can you star that Brian time. question? Brian. Okay. 
I just didn't want it to get lost. Sorry. Okay. That's a good okay. question. Okay. You want to just start with that? I mean, if you're good. Actually, actually, you know what? There were there's something sort of similar to that. Let's start with DK. What percentage of your whiteboard <laughs> plays did Parker use Saturday? Um, so I, you know, I don't it's hard to one when you're you're enjoying the game at, in the comfort of your own home. It's a lot different than, you know, being up in the press box. It's you, you can be a lot more analytical. I, by the time the game starts, I've usually, you know, got a couple drinks or something going on. And I don't I don't get caught up of like yeah. every single play type situation. I, I, I'm i more so looking at bigger overall picture. And I would say the, the play that automatically comes to mind is that play action um, to Raritan in the back of the end zone. That is what I was getting at. In, in my whiteboards last week was there just needed to be showing one look that you've shown a lot of and, and doing something different out of it. And they came out in a single back. It might, I can't remember if they were under center or in shotgun, but it was still like a pistol look, right? It was, and majority of the time they've run, 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 run out of that. Like I would say with, without looking at the numbers, it would probably be close to like 85, 90% chance of run on that play. And they hit a play action um, and, and, you know, Hartman rolls out and hits that, that pass in the back of the end zone. So that was great. That is what I was looking for is showing a look, utilizing play action, which Jared Parker didn't do the week before. Um, and so he accomplished two things in one. And what, what was the result? A beautiful touchdown to your tight end in the back of the end zone. So that is the overall concept of what I was looking for. And yeah, I, I thought that, you know, that wasn't the only instance, but that was the one that, you know, automatically comes to mind. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This episode of the Irish Breakdown podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp. Do you ever feel like your brain is getting in its own way? Like you're laying in bed at night with your mind racing a thousand miles per hour and you just can't sleep. Like when you know what you should do, what's good for you, but you just can't do it. Therapy helps you figure out what's holding you back so you can work for yourself instead of against yourself. And if you're thinking about starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online. It's designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. When you get there, just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. So find your bright spot this season with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com Irish today to get 10% off your first month. 
That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Irish. So does the offense take another step forward from last week? Um, I'm hoping so because I need Sam Hartman for five touchdowns and 250 <laughs> yards to hit my season-long Sam Hartman bets. But no, uh, I, I do think that the offense does continue to trend in the right direction. I think that you found kind of, not founds, but it, it seems like, you know, it's not an, it's not coincidence that Notre Dame did more play action and some of the stuff that we talked about. Jared Parker, you know, well, told us in his press conference that he had basically someone prep him the questions or the hot topics, and it felt like mm-hmm. he took those into consideration and did a lot of, not a lot of, but did some things that a lot of people were critical of. And I think that you're going to see more of that go in the well, Stanford game. Listen, I think that it's not just that, that they decided to use more play action because they have used play action at different, you know, throughout the season. It's just that they were not very successful with it. I think the offense will continue to take a step forward because Stanford's defense stinks and Wake yeah. Forest's defense, you know, worse than Wake Forest. And I think, I quite honestly, I think that, that part of the reason it wasn't just, oh, evolutionary, all of a sudden we're calling play action and we're doing some different things. It's a, a big part of the end result that they got was because Wake Forest defense was a step down from what they've been playing over, you know, that, that stretch Clemson's defense was good. Clemson obviously didn't have a good record, but you know, look, they're in the playoff rankings this week and Clemson has a good defense. Louisville has a good defense, you know, Ohio state has a good defense. Duke has a pretty good defense. Notre Dame went through a stretch of playing some pretty good defenses and you know Pittsburgh not a good defense and they lit Pittsburgh up part of the reason that they that they ended up with what they ended up with and the offense looked the way it was was not just because they were doing something different it's because Wake Forest stinks and Stanford stinks defensively (laughs) like Stanford statistically stinks even worse than Wake Forest and so because of that I do think the offense will continue to look good because you're going up against another bad opponent and I'm not trying to use that as a knock on Notre Dame it just is what it is. Like they're going to naturally look better because who they're going up against is worse. Yeah. I think the true test for this question will be the bowl game, because like you said, they're not going to play. It's easy to look good against non-quality opponents. They've done that all year. Navy, central Michigan, North Carolina state, um, you know, middle Tennessee, or was it Tennessee state um, either way. Um, and then now you add in, you know, Pittsburgh, um, Wake Forest and potentially Stanford, it's cool to do the stuff against teams that you're supposed to. I want to see the success against the teams where you really needed it, those big games right. against some better defenses. And so until they play a, t- a better team more like themselves in a bowl game, I think it's kind of hard to, to come up with a, you know, a, a final answer of will they take a step forward until they play someone that's you know, on the caliber of, uh, of a better team, really. Exactly. USMA 87 on the subject of the FUBO or the, uh, the the Notre Dame Pac-12, I'm trying to figure out how to say it, the, the Pac-12 network, that's what you've got to find. USMA87 says Amazon Freebie is what he found. Whoa. So I'm going to have to check this out. I've never heard of some of this stuff. I'm going to have to check it out after <laughs> I get done tonight and see what exactly is there. Oh, also adding on the offense, I thought that they did more – of getting some of their personnel groupings on the field. I saw the trips formation that had Faison and Chris Tyree yeah. to the trips in one side. So I thought that was also really nice to see. 
And it also probably helped that Jaden Greathouse seems to be closer to 100% than, you know, what he was the last month. That's just a great addition to your wide receiver core. And this kind of follows up on what we were talking about, the question that you were that you saw from Brian. He said he thought the play calling was a lot better last week. Do you think Parker builds off this? Honestly, if he doesn't, there are some problems. I think that what you would want to hope in terms of building off of is exactly what we were just kind of going through is just, just show new plays off of formations that you've already run. And I don't know if anyone, I love the Manning cast. I, I, I told you the other day, this is a straight Manning cast game for me, the chiefs and Eagles. And I, that's not, I like Joe Buck and Troy Aikman. I just love how much I learned from listening to the Manning cast the entire time and listening to Peyton talk. And you know, a, a thing, that they brought up that Peyton kept talking about Andy Reed comes up with new red zone plays every single week. And what he does is he comes out in formations that they have shown before. So you think, you know, what's coming and yeah. it's a completely different play. It's like, it's the greatest, one of the greatest offensive minds in the last two decades in the NFL. That's just what I want. I just want Notre Dame to come out and try some stuff that they haven't shown before. It's, utilizing their 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 best skill positions on offense it's shocking to me that you're absolutely right Andy Reid is one of the best offensive minds in football for more than two decades going on three decades at this point and considering the success now I, I understand that he's got Patrick Mahomes but even before that he had Alec you know they were winning they were getting to the playoffs and winning divisions with Alex Smith and everyone was like well if we really you know want to <laughs> be a competitor we, we need another quarterback and they obviously got an elite quarterback but I'm surprised that more people haven't tried to copy more of what Andy Reid has done considering the NFL and football in general is such a copycat sport I'm yeah. just surprised more people haven't tried to copycat one of the more successful offensive coaches of of this century really well I guess what I'm getting at is if the if an NFL offensive coach has to do it I feel like an, a college coach could, you know, easily take a couple notes. And I, I have to give a – it's funny, Joe Allen brought this up. I thought Mark Wahlberg was also horrible on the Manning cast the other night. I don't know if you caught it. I texted you about it afterwards. Just yeah. felt like the guy didn't want to be there. And it's like, why are you coming on a show that you don't want to be on? Like, it was the most – like, it just felt like he was getting annoyed that they were asking him questions. And it's like, dude – you're coming onto their show. Obviously, they have to ask you questions to pass time along. Like, yeah, <laughs> I don't know. It feel was like, horrible. Feel like he's in a starring in a hostage video sometimes when you see him and stuff like <laughs> yeah, that. Like, exactly. come on, man. Come on. <laughs> Thanks for the props to the shirt, John. I wore my WKRP shirt today to uh, honor one of the great moments in Thanksgiving history: the WKRP turkey drop. The words of Les Nesman, or the words of, uh, um. Mr. Carlson, as God is my witness, I thought turkeys could fly. <laughs> You've seen that episode, right? You've yes. watched it with me? Yes. The I'm DVD sure I'll player see it tomorrow. DVD player in this house barely works now. I've 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 got it, but that's man, I think we need to find a way to fire that up. Oh my god, they're turkeys. DK, is Angeli gonna make it rain out there next year? You know, I've 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 been really impressed what I've seen from Steve Angeli so far. And I know it's, it's not, it's, it's, it's easy to, well, it's not easy to come in and play in mop up time, but it's, it's less stressful than it is. Obviously if you're starting, you know, beginning of the game tied zero, zero, you know, the moments there, there's more pressure in a zero, zero game. It's obviously way less pressure 
in a 40 to seven type game, but in the opportunities that he's gotten, there's two things that I've, I've really enjoyed. One that the Notre Dame offense, the Notre Dame has let Angeli run the offense. It's not just straight handing the ball off. Like you see with most backup quarterbacks, he's actually running plays. Um, and there was a, I can't remember where I saw it, but basically there was a play last week where Angeli switched the play at the line of scrimmage. Cause he, he didn't get the look that he liked and he ended up making a really nice play out of it. That's what I like to see. And so not only are the coaches trusting him to run the offense, they're also, you know, Angeli's performing well. He's putting a lot of passes on the money. Not, you know, not that he's, a lot of it is still short range type stuff, but at the same time, I feel like sometimes they're more creative with what they're letting him run than (laughs) what they're letting Sam Hartman run out there. But I've been impressed. I think that this guy has done everything that he can do. And I've been impressed with, you know, every time he's had an opportunity, he has come through and and he has made plays and he's leading touchdown drives. They're not just – I like the fact that from a development standpoint, they're not just saying, hey, Angeli, we've got a huge lead. You know, just keep handing off and let's grind this thing out and kill the clock. They're letting him run some offense and letting letting him do some things, seeing seeing what he can do. And I think it's great. And, you know, you know like I think this guy is is making a statement that you can bring in a transfer quarterback or whatever, but 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 I'm going to be a part of this mix and and I'm going to make a case for myself. So I like it. I really, I really like it. And you know, I'm been on the fence a little bit because nothing that we really got to see before this year said definitively. And it, you know, what he's done still isn't definitive, but nothing said, yeah, this is going to be the next guy but i think that he's definitely made a case for himself so i like it definitely moved the needle in terms of the conversation yep tommy guns asking how the men's basketball team is doing haven't heard anything since the loss to auburn can you just can you do a schedule rundown for the next week or two they're actually playing tonight i believe it is maryland eastern shore they're hosting this evening so uh out there at purcell pavilion and they, after they lost to Auburn, they actually beat Oklahoma State the next day. They uh, went. Oh, to they overtime. ended up winning that game. Yeah, they that went was to awesome. There's a. The I didn't know that there was a South Bend kid that played for Oklahoma State as well. Oh, I didn't either. What's his name? Do you remember? I can't remember. I just know that like someone they put basically posted a picture of Burton next to the Oklahoma State guy, and one of my friends that's a South Bend local kind of basketball coach retweeted and was like, "Great to see you know like two South Bend guys out there." But yeah, sorry. I didn't I didn't notice that they won that game in overtime. Yeah, they did. Yeah, they did. So yeah, so again, they beat Oklahoma State. Now they've got Maryland Eastern Shore tonight. And um look, the football regular season is almost over. So we'll be checking in on more Notre Dame men's and women's basketball as we go forward. You'll get some more of that. There's always going to be football talk here, regardless of if it's during the regular season or or whenever and there's obviously going to be bowl prep and all that kind of stuff but uh we will be checking in more regularly with basketball i think what we need to do me you and vince is strictly when all the bowls come out we just run through every game and do picks and just (laughs) see who ends up with the best we could do that would it would it benefit any of us because i know vince won't bet any money on it (laughs) I told you how much I've wagered in the last calendar year. So, you know, I'll be placing. I know that you'll bet, but I know Vince won't, (laughs) you know, unless it's like five bucks or something like that. It's like, I just got another 200 free signup bonus. So I'm, I'm locked and loaded baby for bowl season. 
Mark is asking about the thoughts from uh, Dave Kloss in the Wake Forest comment comments on Sam Hartman from Senior Day. Tune in to Countdown to Kickoff. We're going to address it in Countdown to Kickoff. We decided we're going to save it for that so that Vince has an opportunity to chime in on that as well. So Vince, Vince, Vince. Countdown to Kickoff show coming up this weekend. We will be talking about the Dave Clawson. We'll actually play the Dave Clawson comments. And we will DK it said it on the last show. Vince is the the, the prima donna of the group. <laughs> I mean, I don't spot the lie. <laughs> um, Stonador, our big rivalry game is going to be devalued in the 12 team playoff area era. I could see situations where top teams play two or three games against each other in a year, making earlier games less meaningful. What do you think about that? A rivalry game. So I'm, I have to kind of read. There was a lot going on here. Yeah, I could see situations. Basically, where... will rivalry games be devalued in the 12 team playoff era? So the one that automatically comes to mind is, you know, clearly Michigan and Ohio State, because I always play this game last, you know, last game of the season. And it always feels like, you know, there's a lot riding on it with the four game playoff of it, it could really impact your season. I think that that rivalry will always be a rivalry, but again, recently I feel like it's been more intensified because of you know the what what comes from it. When two teams are undefeated and you know there's a four team playoff, I think that this game has less impact and will have less you know uh, the the not that the players won't take it as seriously, but I think subconsciously it just doesn't. It's not as big of a game now that there'll be twelve teams because you can still lose that game and find your way into the playoff. It's more so just kind of for bragging rights, and I think that's what you know, for these top end teams like Michigan, Ohio State, you know, hypothetically, maybe Florida, Florida State. I, I think in terms of it being a true rivalry game, I think it's a little bit less intensified because you can still lose that game and go on to have a successful season in terms of, you know, making the college football playoff, et cetera. I, I mean, it's it is a possibility, you know, like USMA 87 says, for example, Ohio State versus Mission regular season, then a Big Ten championship, then in the playoffs. And I mean, there's a chance that they would be like this year, they still have the divisions in the Big Ten. Next year, they're getting rid of them. So there's a very good chance that next year they could play in back to back weeks. And I've, we've talked about it on this show before. Like, do you need to think about moving that? Yeah that game up in the season so that you're not potentially playing in back-to-back weeks. And, you know, for, for right now, anyway, that's a legit possibility. They both made the playoffs last year. There's a really good chance that they're both going to make it this year, depending on how the game goes. I mean, in, in that instance, I do think it gets devalued a little bit just because you're going to get over, like you're going to, there's still a lot of hype because both of these teams are unbeaten. It's, you know, the end of the regular season, the winner is going to get into the conference championship game. I think the bigger question, like if we're specifically talking about this as it relates to some of these conference championship games is will the conference championship games continue going forward with these huge conferences that we're going to have. Like, I think that if you ask mo most coaches, they would just rather see the emphasis placed on the regular season and not necessarily on a conference championship game. Now, the problem with that is the money that the conferences would potentially be given up, especially since the current contracts Ooh. have these conference championship games written in. But 
I think it's going to, there's, there's so much to it because you've got these huge conferences. Pretty much all of them are getting rid of the divisions and just going with the first two teams, you know, the top two teams in the conference getting in. But at the same time, because you're going to have 17 and 18 team conferences, obviously not everybody's playing each other. So it's, it's honestly like you don't just need two divisions. You might even need four divisions to figure this thing out by the yeah. time it's all said and done. So it's look. The question was about the de-emphasis of rivalries. I don't I think the regular season rivalry game, there's still going to be a lot on them because not everyone is going to be Ohio State and Michigan playing at the end of the season for a chance to get into the college football playoffs. So you're still going to have some good rivalry games, just like you've got across yeah. the country that will have meaning, but even if they're they don't have national <clears throat> impact and meaning, they're going to have the regional somewhat regional meaning, you know, because of you know, with the teams involved. That's why they're rivalries. I think the bigger concern is we're losing out on some of these rivalry games because of all the conference realignment. Like, Bedlam, is that going to continue? As of right now, it's not. You know, Oklahoma and Oklahoma State, the Bedlam series, that's, that's going to be put on hold for a while. Now, I know that this was not a national rivalry game, but Kansas and Missouri was one of the oldest rivalries running before Missouri moved to the SEC a few years back. And they haven't played since then, you know. And so, like, from, again, from, like, that regional aspect, that is a that was a long-running, great bitter, great slash bitter rivalry that has gone extinct because of, a team moving conferences and there's a chance that you're going to see more of that. So I, I think that that's the greater risk to me is just losing out on some of these rivalries because of teams moving around. And, you know, like if you're Notre Dame, the one real rivalry that they've still got running right now is USC. And you've just got to hope that all this stuff as of right now, there's, there's no impact, but you got to hope that that continues going forward. I thought someone brought up another great point of, that these games that there still could be bi-week implications depending on some of these kind of big games slash rivalries. Like I was talking about the Ohio state Michigan game that could potentially be, you know, if they play consecutive weeks that, I mean, one, it, it could be, yeah, that that happens. And the other side of yeah. it could be that one team gets that the buy in the first round. So I think right. it still would intensify um, that game. True. And that's, you know, like the bye week impact, that's going to be a thing too, as they switch to this five and seven model where the five get the automatic bids. And obviously if you're one of the top four, then you get a buy, you don't have to play in that first round. So that's, I mean, there's going to be a lot to it. And I think these first couple years of how the 12 team playoff plays out are going to, uh, are going to kind of tell us a lot. Speaking of which, thanks for the super chat, Tyler. Would this be the perfect year for the 12 team playoff? <clears throat> let me let me give myself a quick refresher on the top 12 right now. Yeah, I mean, I think that you've got, you know, one, you still have a lot of remaining unbeaten teams. So that helps. Behind them, you have, you know, a handful of one. I mean, you, like you look at the top 10 right now. Georgia, Ohio State, Michigan, Washington, Florida State, Oregon, Texas, Alabama, Missouri, Louisville, Penn State, 
Ole Miss. That's the top 12. Now, not all of them would get in because you're still probably going to have a group of five mixed in there. And that's a whole different discussion altogether. I've never felt like the group of five needs to be in there, but they weren't going to expand it without the, you know, without the group of five casting the vote in there. So you basically had to include them if you wanted to expand it. But I mean, it would obviously be a very competitive, very competitive 12 team playoff if you did it this year. I think that this would be a really good 12 year, 12. Uh, team year just because when you start looking to me it's like Georgia Ohio State and Michigan are what they are I think there's a lot of discrepancy afterwards of Washington Florida State Oregon um, and then you get into Texas Alabama um, and Louisville and then you start getting into some of those two loss teams I do think that this is because I think between team basically between Washington and Louisville so four through ten I think there's a lot of disparity where you know that a lot of those games could go different ways. And so I do think that this would be um, a really good year to kind of have the 12 year format or 12 team format. And I'm on the same boat as you as I don't, you know, the group of five thing, it is what it is. Like you, you, you shouldn't get rewarded for playing in a crappy conference. That's a reason why you're not in a power five conference. Cause you can't make it against those teams. And it's just like, look what happened to James Madison last week. Everyone, went on their soapbox talking about how James Madison deserves this or that. Listen, the season wasn't even over yet, and they lost to Appalachian State in double overtime, you know? So I, I just – I'm not I'm, – I'm, I'm in agreement with you. The group of five, maybe, you know, like a two-lane, you know, here or there might be, you know, something. But, again, at the end of the day, I'm not for – I'm not, I don't get a lot of interest in group five teams. Yeah. I mean, when all this conversation about expanding the playoff was kind of getting started, UCF was still a thing and look at where we are just a few years later. And then, you know, Cincinnati makes the playoff. Look where Cincinnati is. Cincinnati is horrible right now, you know? And so like, it's, it's going to change every year with these group of fives. And, you know, I just, it just, they never get me excited seeing them. You know, I, I realize, you know, I, I guess you've got to let the little guy play for something. But when it comes down to it for, you know, our TV viewing entertainment interest purposes, we want to see the big boys go at it. Yeah. And it's like Tulane last year beat Ohio or beat USC. Everyone could score points on that USC team. It was just a matter of who was probably going to get the ball last. You know, it's just like if, you, if, if Tulane came in and played. an actual well-rounded team with a, 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 you know, just an average defense. I think that they would have struggled in those games. Boise state 2007 would have won a championship that year. That would have been, you know, that would have been something very good possibility. We didn't even have a playoff back then. Joe wants to know if we had to choose keep golden or stucky, who's it going to be? This is a loaded question. It's like, it's like, are you taking the now? Or are you taking in something like to me, like Stucky is almost like um, a stock, a stock that you would invest in and hope you would get a good return on investment. Golden is, is, is there's no, there's no worry. He, he's like the paycheck that comes every week. You know, you're going to get that money. And so I would have to stick with golden for that reason. He's proven he's the thing is you just wouldn't know. There's a lot of, you know, good things to say about Stucky, but, at the end of the day, you, you don't know how he would act on his own as the head man in charge as the defensive coordinator. Oh. You know what you're getting with Golden, but then the flip side of Golden is he could he could leave you in a year or two years. You don't know how long you're guaranteed to have yeah. that floor. So that's that to me is the root of the argument. 
I, I would, I think you got to stick with Golden as, as, as long as you really can, in my opinion. You're talking about a veteran coordinator who's been a head coach versus a still really young, pretty inexperienced position coach who's a good recruiter, yeah, but still has to prove himself, I think, as an actual position coach versus. Again, you know, like everyone was calling for Al Golden just a year ago, and this was a <laughs> horrible defense. Look at where this defense is right now. And, like, you know, that's that's where it swung in a year. I wonder what the poll would have looked like a year ago if you said, is it, you know, do you, do you move on from Al Golden right now? Would it have been 50%? Would it have been even greater than that? Or, you know, like where you – know, you never know – if you know if it's you know just like a vocal minority or if it's the actual majority it seemed a lot more like the majority because like anytime we were talking about this defense and you know trying to put any kind of positive spin before the season started on this defense you know you just kind of get shouted down by oh well this and this and they're this they're horrible and is you know whatever linebackers have short arms yeah that's, that's exactly right short arm linebackers can't do anything but again you're talking about a veteran coordinator versus a young position coach so to me it's not even a question you obviously keep the veteran coordinator who's got one of the best defenses in the country and who is you know up for the broils award this year the assistant coach of the year that's that's who you keep if you got to choose those two it's it's not a question to me when you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Let me flip it over to you, though, because you just talked about last year and Al Golden's first year and kind of the, you know, the the amount of outrage or maybe backlash that he faced. Where does Jared Parker fall in that? Does he deserve that second year? Because it's kind of the same situation. Everyone's kind of coming at Jared Parker, but do we owe him a second year and potentially get an Al Golden type situation on the offensive side of the ball? I mean, it's a good question because even though you've got a veteran quarterback running things, you've still got a veteran quarterback from outside the system, really learning the system, just like he was a first year guy coming in. There's still certain things you expect of the quarterback with that experience that we haven't seen. Like, his progressions, his reads seem a little bit slow, you know, like he's a beat or two behind where he needs to be. But at the same time, just like with Al Golden, you got a guy, you know, you've got some of these other guys in your system for a year or two. How much benefit is that? How much more benefit is there with these young receivers who are still freshmen, but who have been produced, you know, who 
who at least we've seen start to produce. They've been the best receivers they've got, but they're all young and inexperienced. How much does that factor in as well when you are combining them with a, a quarterback who came in from outside the system? So, I mean, I think it's a really good question. And the short answer is, I think that, you know, we're we're evaluating this guy on the fly right now. We did start to see some better things last week. And let's not forget, like, no one was bitching about the play calling when they were lighting up the scoreboard the first four games of the season, right? To me, it comes down to, can he be better against the better teams on yeah. the schedule? So I don't think you need to just necessarily throw him out with the bathwater is, I guess, my answer to that. Okay. Do you agree? Um, Yeah. I think it'll help having well, someone like This is in- fair, though, too. This is fair, though, too, from USMA 87. That Parker doesn't have the experience that Golden has, not an equivalent comparison. That's completely fair. Like, you know, Golden, Golden, you know, coming back from the NFL and, and everything else that came with it, trying to get his system in and sort of, you know, learning the opponents and all that kind of stuff, figuring out where to simplify. I think that's a completely... That's a completely uh, fair response to that. Mm, Yeah, and I think that what you can also look at in terms of what you were saying is wide receivers will have experience. Um, Jared Parker will have more experience. The running backs will have more experience. And I think most importantly, even though Angeli hasn't played all year, he's practiced in the system all year. So it's next year is technically year two for him, even though he hasn't been a starter. And I think that could be very beneficial for – someone like Angeli or Menchi of, you know, obviously this was Sam's first time in a non uh, slow mesh offense slash first time with Jared Parker. Now you have someone who's always played in a more traditional style offense and it's his second year with the coordinator. So I think some of that could bode well. (laughs) DK wants to know, do we get back-to-back games with a wide receiver going over a hundred yards? Why does the great one always stop at 99 (laughs) yards? Is it a homage? I'm going to say no. I don't think that they're going to have. Well, you know what? <laughs> yes, I'm going to just going to go boom. I'm going to I'm going to double down on this. Considering the defense they're going to play and the chance for Sam Hartman to light it up to end the regular season, I think that I think that some that one of these wide receivers is going to go over 100 yards in this game. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. I think it's going to happen. I just can't tell you who it's going to be. Right. So I'll just leave it at that. Yeah, I agree. That's what I'm saying. I'm not going to pick which one it's going to be because you know, Rico Flores had like an over under of 29 and a half yards or something that like that last week. And I was scared to go in like the over on that. I think you went over on Flores, didn't you? When we were doing that on countdown. Yes, I did go over on floor. I took over on just about everyone. Yeah, but I was I was not feeling confident in that. And look where that led. He ends up with the with the hundred yard game. But I'm going to say one of the receivers will. That's still the thing. Is like we don't know who it's going to be, and that's ultimately a good thing. How would everyone feel if Tobias Merriweather walked out of Palo Alto? with his first career 100 yard game, man, that would be a great way to end the season. I feel like he's been the, he's been heating up here a little bit. Um, Yeah, I would, I I think that's, that would, that would give me a lot more, not a lot more, but I think I'd have more confidence about him and, 
and the the rest of the wide receivers kind of going forward. It's it's funny to me because I feel like Tobias is ultimately like the the overall indication of like the success of the wide receiver room at times. <laughs> All right, I'm going to save some of the. Actually, I'm going to throw this one in here first. Did the great ones 48 yard catch and run for a touchdown? evading or running through three defenders argue for a more prominent role in the intermediate and deep passing game. Of course, that comes from Salty. You know, the bottom line here to to uh, summarize, does the great one, Jaden Greathouse, need a more prominent role in the intermediate and deep passing game? I think that... I think that all of these wide receivers need more of an impact. I don't think it needs to be singular of you know Jaden Greathouse or Rico Flores or you know whoever I think that I think this question is more so like do you think that there needs to be more kind of deep design deep shots for Greathouse has he shown that guy to be kind of like your downfield guy and when I think of a downfield guy for Notre Dame and just a guy who always seemed to be that deep route guy is Michael Floyd and I don't know why that I always I, I loved his game and I think if there is someone on this roster that could mimic, you know, Michael Floyd's, you know, if, if Great House could fill into kind of the body that Michael Floyd had, that he has to me the best chance of kind of resembling that game. So I would, or resembling that kind of play style. So I wouldn't mind seeing more of the Great House stuff. But then again, you know, I wouldn't mind seeing some more stuff designed for Rico Flores as well, because I feel like he's also been someone who's been really dynamic this year. I think that especially with the intermediate stuff that great house has the body type to be able to do that, but it goes back to some of the stuff that we've talked about before. And I know we talked about it last week, the fact that he's one of these guys who is a slot guy who is being asked to do non slot things as well. And the yeah. fact that you've got to figure out how to maximize all of these guys whose ideal role is out of the slot. You've got to figure out how to make them productive when they're not in the slot. I think that going forward this offseason, that's going to be a big thing because again, when you've got this much young talent, you know, they've they've got to figure out how to play some different roles. And they, you know, they move these guys around all the time in practice. But I think that's going to be the thing for them is you can't just have slot receivers doing stuff out of the slot. Now as you diagram last week, you can, you know, you can bunch them and trips and, you know, some different stuff like that. But ultimately, at the end of the day, you've got to have big body guys like like Great House and Tobias Merriweather winning some one on one matchups more often. Yes. Josh says the two receivers that have shown to catch the deep ball are Tyree and Tobias. That has been the case so far. ND Saylor again asking about Clausen's comments about Sam Hartman. We're saving that for the countdown show. <laughs> saving that for the countdown show. We're not going to spoil that today. So uh, be sure and, and tune in for the countdown show. IB Countdown to kick off the uh, Stanford game edition this weekend. And we're going to uh, play the the uh, the Clausen comments and we will comment on the Clausen comments. I, I toyed with doing it today, but again, I want Vince to be here for that. I want to I, I want to hear what our resident old man has to say about uh, Dave Clawson saying that, because especially since he was there at the stadium to hear the Whitney Houston playing, I've only <laughs> heard about it. I didn't get to hear, you know, I will always love you and all that stuff. Uh, T Guns wants to know. What? 
when Jesse finally decides to tie the knot, how many IB Nation will be invited to the wedding? It's funny that this came up because it's like the mother, third time it's come up today. His mother was grilling him today about this. So then I got a text of a picture that said, I heard K Jewelers is having a massive sale today with a picture of K Jewelers. <laughs> So I don't know what's going on in the universe today, but for some reason, this question has popped up three times. Yeah. Uh, Salty saying that that the great one was a boundary guy all through high school and set the receiving records. Well, as we know, though, there is a difference between what you do in high school and what you do in college with more physical receivers. But that's that's part of being in college, though, as well, <laughs> is now, like, if you look at you – know, I think Tobias is the obvious guy for what I'm about to say, but, but, you know, any of these freshmen fall into this as well, even for, you know, like great house has a bigger frame and all that, but the off season conditioning is going to be huge for these guys, like physically developing. Yeah, these guys start... just need to get stronger and go up right. and, and get balls. That's what none that's of these right. young guys have is they don't have. And that's what I was trying to get at with, with Michael Floyd is, any type of pass that was thrown, Michael Floyd had a body that he was going to go and it could be underthrown. It could be, you know, off a yard or two to the right or it didn't matter. Michael Floyd was so physical that he would almost go and get every ball. And that's what I think one of these wide receivers needs to establish this offseason is who's going to be that guy of even when the quarterback might throw a bad ball that they can, re, you know, recalibrate and go up and get the ball. That's that's what they need in that wide receiver room up, you know, to me is just a guy who's going to go up and fight for just about every ball. That's it. And they don't have that right now. And that's what they have to have. Like Marcus Freeman was, was talking, I think a couple of weeks ago about winning 50, 50 balls and, and that kind of thing. And they don't have that guy right now. That's what they've got to have. And you develop that in the off season in the weight room. That's where that really starts. Like how many, have you seen them throw a fade ball this year in the goal line? In the goal line, off the top of my head, no, I, I don't think we have seen that. Now, I've never been a you know well, same, but they, I don't think they have the wide receiver to do it. Yeah, that's exactly right. That's that's not something. That's I'm not a fan a of it either, up. but I still think you could try it here and there. <laughs> yeah. Well, if you have the guy that you know that you are, can rely on, but yeah. as we just said, I don't think they do. I don't think they do right now.